You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have. But without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition, Jay Barker Show, October 27th, and uh, hard to believe we're just a few days away from Halloween. And uh, Lars Anderson in studio at AVX. Matt Coulter has got the day off. we got coming up uh, just a little bit. Uh, looking forward to spending time with Andrew Bone. We'll talk recruiting with him and uh, also uh, coming up as well, Mick Gillespie. He'll join us first at 1215. Andrew will be with us around 115 today talking recruiting our analysts there and all things recruiting for the Crimson Tide. We're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. Top Golf with family, friends, or coworkers. A great place to go out and enjoy golf, the food, the drinks, the fun. And they do a lot of events out there, charitable events and uh, lots of other events like birthdays, anniversaries, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, you name it. You can do it at Top Golf and a great place to tailgate before those UAB matchups, before or after the games, or anything happening at Protective Stadium. Get out to Top Golf for Birmingham today. Also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sonny King Ford. Lars, I hope you're having a great afternoon. And uh, I know for you, down in T Town on Tuesday, had to go back down yesterday for a little bit. And uh, kind of the uh, what's the atmosphere on campus with a bye week? Everybody, even the students, taking a little bit of a week off? 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, they're doing a lot of uh, yard work and upkeep right around Bryant Denny Stadium. I mean, things that will take uh, the, the 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 grass a few days to recover from. And so uh, they, uh, I think, like even the the maintenance guys are in off week mode. And um, yeah, I think the off week comes at a really good time for Alabama. Um, just, uh, especially for Bryce Young, uh, to me, he just didn't look like himself last Saturday night. And I don't know if he tweaked his shoulder or not. He didn't look as sharp and crisp as he did when he played, uh, against Tennessee and just, uh, a, a good time to regroup. And, and, and Jay, I, I don't remember if you guys had off weeks when you were playing, I believe you did. But uh, even just, you know, being around uh, both of your sons. Okay, okay, so both of your sons. Just how How is the off week? So that makes it even more interesting. So, one, what are they trying to accomplish in this off week? Is there a lot of self-scouting going on, uh, making sure that you are not uh, uh, getting into tendencies that can be read and interpreted uh, by the offensive and defensive coaches on the other side of the field? And also, just for for players, has it changed? Uh, is it is it uh, do you now get a, a day or two off to really rest the body, or are you already looking ahead? Uh, in Alabama's case, ahead to LSU next Saturday night. Yeah, Saban has always done a really good job about this. Coming back after the game, trying to make some corrections on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and then Wednesday, kind of being their final practice. Uh, they, they may, I think, they may practice a little bit today, and then they're going to have off some time. Um, today or t- t- uh, later this afternoon, all the way through around Sunday morning. So Friday and Saturday, completely off. And, and they need they need the breakaway. They need a chance to whether it's be able to go home. I'm sure there's a mileage restriction on who can uh, go home during this off break, unless they've made arrangements to get flights in and out to make sure they're back on time. That's the biggest thing is to get them back on time on Sunday to get ready for preparation. But you know they they want them to uh, you know the 24 hour rule. You you kind of take it. You you learn from it and. Uh, you, then you move on. As far as the things you did well, the things you didn't do well against Mississippi State, now they start you know, turning their attention towards uh, LSU and really uh, probably did more self-scouting uh, this week more than anything else, just working on fundamentals, trying to do some certain things in order to correct things maybe they haven't had a chance to work on in practice because they were so much about team and trying to get a good look from the scout team or really find out you know, more about formations and looks they're going to get. Just a lot of time you got to spend on that, just learning uh, throughout the week. So I'm sure – that uh, this week was more just about fundamentals, those type of things. And then now kind of put your mind and focus on LSU. Everybody, everybody thinks teams began to really focus in. And, you know, maybe they looked at it a little bit or showed them a few things here or there, Lars, but they don't want them to peak too early or get their minds uh, too set on, on this game until it's time to, uh, to go back into game, game week mode. Uh, Coach Saban is a creature of habit. He loves the process and believes that, you know, there's a way to do it. And he's been very successful coming off of uh, bye weeks like this. And uh, so it's about recovery. It's about self-scouting what our tendencies on offense and defense will line up in a certain scheme or formation on offense or a look on defense. What is that telling our opponent? Because can we pick up something that maybe we didn't see? And also things that we have done that they got our tendencies from, what can we do off of that motion or that look or that formation on offense that we can do another play off of that that's going to give them a, a tendency that they think is coming on the third and sixth, third and long, uh, a second short or second long, 
you know, try to explosive play maybe you've done out of a certain look. Now you change it up and give them something different here late in the season. So that's kind of the advantages of the off week, the self-scouting, and and more importantly, just getting these guys not just physically healthy, but just mentally, uh, you know, back in it and uh, not being so, you know, mentally tired. And hopefully we'll help out with some of the uh, things that coaches talked about with anxiety for a lot of these players. Yeah, and, and Jay, that's an interesting word, anxiety. Um, Nick Saban, I mean, as far as I can remember, and I basically arrived in Alabama the same time Nick Saban did, I don't recall him using that word at all. And uh, perhaps he has, uh, you know, once or twice in a a press conference. But this year he keeps bringing that word up. And uh, almost every time he's in front of a microphone, the word anxiety comes out of his mouth. What, what, why do you think that is? I think it's more prominent now as far as being talked about than ever before in all of society, not just in the uh, football or, or the athletics. I think it's being talked about in business and school and everywhere, every aspect. I think some of that comes from the lockdowns in 2020, 2021, and kind of the, the difference that these guys went through, a lot of them coming out of high school that didn't experience. Some of them didn't experience a year of high school football. Um, and uh, I think that's probably a little bit to do with it, you know, just the change up of things and them having to kind of readapt back into normalcy and where life is, where it should be, where it should have been, you know, and all the things that they had to go through. So I think maybe that's played a little bit of role in it when it comes to some of these younger athletes uh, now that have kind of faced those challenges. But, you know, I mean, I don't think he's talking about like this, the anxiety or an anxiety attack or things like that, but just the, you know, worried about the outcome instead of going out there and just playing the game. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that term, again, it's just more popularized now, this, this main culture. People used to say, well, you know, you got anxiety, and people kind of shunned at that or kind of put it down. And, and now I think people are more willing to, to talk about it. And I don't think you use it as a crutch or as an excuse. But, you know, if you've ever been through it or ever had any type of anxiety, uh, and especially if you've ever had an anxiety attack, yeah, you, you know exactly now what that feels like. And uh, you're not as out to, uh, you know, maybe criticize or look down on somebody that says that. I think that's why we're hearing more of that in the sports psychologists and guys that, that I talk to and the guys I'm sure that Coach Saban deals with uh, bring that up more than ever with uh, today's athletes. I, I just think it's, it's just a, a different, as we've seen with, with our generation, Lars, with generations right after us, um, it's, it's a different mindset based on a lot of different scenarios and, and a lot of different reasoning, I think. Not just, you know, the lockdowns of 2020, I think it's the every kid gets a trophy type scenario to where, uh, you know, you, you've always got to be kind of, uh, uh, I guess, celebrated uh, for everything that you that you do. You know, hey, you know, did we have a great practice? I mean, it's just things that we just did that we knew that would lead to success and the hard work we put into it. Um, we never expected anything or even we didn't expect praise. We didn't expect a trophy. We just did our jobs and expected to win and play as a team and do what we were told. Uh, that that's just changed up a lot over the last 20, 30 years for a lot of these athletes and that adjustments where the coaches have had to make that by bringing in the mental coaches, the psychologists, and the, they're really worried about the mental health of an, of an athlete. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm, I'm saying that we've moved in that direction. Uh, I do think a lot of the things that we've built up in these kids is what's caused a lot of this anxiety and, and some of the mental issues that they're dealing with. Yeah, and uh, here's a stat that could cause some anxiety for Alabama fans. You, you would think that Nick Saban's record following a open date uh, it would be just uh, absolutely through the roof, uh, but it, 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 it's still it's impressive. But 
in his 15 plus years at Alabama, he is 14 and five after bye weeks. And uh, of the, uh, I think, 19 games under Saban following bye weeks, um, 12 of those again have been against LSU. And Alabama has a record of eight and four against LSU in those games. Um, so I mean, eight, eight and four is still good. But when you compare uh, Nick Saban after uh, or Nick Saban's record just overall to what his record is after a bye week, it's not as impressive. Uh, however, when you're going against LSU most of the time during the regular season uh, after the open date. Um, and LSU has consistently been a top 10 program, uh, although they've, you know, fallen off here just in the last year or so, but I think they are the last two years, but, uh, certainly they are playing their best football right now. Um, just be interesting to see. I, I would have thought that, that Saban's record would have been better, but again, you have to look at the opponents that we're talking about after, uh, after, after a bye week that Alabama plays. Yeah, and uh, we got Mick Gillespie coming up, so I'm going to get to break. But I want to get into this either during uh, our interview with Mick uh, Gillespie or maybe after it. But the NCAA now provides updated guidelines uh, and rules for member schools. And uh, this we knew this was kind of going to come down, and we'll go through some of those and what that means and how it will impact NIL for all the colleges out there, especially the ones who are getting it done in a, in a, you know, a good and positive way. And, a lot of those that are out there really winning in a big way because of the money they're being able to raise through their collectives. All right, we'll continue more discussion on all this. Mick Gillespie joins us from Bama Insider on 3. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the ABX studios in downtown Birmingham. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. This week, Julio Jones' Kia Mazda kicks off Halloween weekend with a classic car show and trunk or treating for the kids this Saturday. The car show begins tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny by 76. Saturday, becoming mostly cloudy, a chance of rain by afternoon, the high 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Joining us from Bama Insider on three, and always great to have him on, and uh, lucky to have him on one more time this week as well. Mick, before we dive into, we're talking about Alabama's bye week and uh, Coach Saban's record off the bye weeks and that, what that record looks like against LSU. But Halloween coming up on Monday night. Do you dress up on Halloween? Number one, number two is have you ever made a baseball out of a pumpkin? Or a pumpkin into a baseball for uh, to set out because I've done I've done baseball I've done uh, you can actually do a baseball glove you dig it out and then you kind of put the the streaks in it where it looks like a glove and then put another small uh, a small uh, pumpkin in the middle or baseball whatever you want to do uh, you can do basketball you can actually do a football you paint it brown and then put the laces right down the middle in the front it looks just like a football if you get the right shape of a pumpkin but uh, what have you ever done the uh, sports pumpkins and what will you dress up or will you dress up on Monday? Yeah, well, good. A lot of questions. First off, I'm not very creative with the pumpkin, so I've never really uh, 
I mean, I, I'm lucky to have a pumpkin that's carved. I'm going to buy a pumpkin at Walmart, <laughs> put it on the porch, and then eventually the <laughs> and eventually I, you, you need it, the it starts to sink down and I throw it away. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I actually, I do have a pre-carved, it's a fake pumpkin that yeah. has the Alabama A and then my name in it, and you can light it up. So that's pretty cool. And then awesome. this year for Halloween, I'm actually going to do two. Um, I'm going to be on uh, with uh, the, the next round guys later today. Well, at least Jim and LT, we do a weekly pick em show. And uh, I'm going to debut my Morgan Wallen at Innisfree costume from SNL. So I'm actually going to be um, <laughs> Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman was future Morgan Wallen. So that's going to be me. I'm going to be future Morgan Wallen for Halloween. And then, uh, my son and I will go trick or treating on Monday, and we're I'm going to be a the scary scarecrow, and he's going to be a, like a pumpkin, a jack o' lantern man. So well, that's I got two this year. Nice, Mick. Uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest like dress up guy on Halloween. Uh, one time in New York, uh, New York is, is, is such a great place to be because of the. Halloween parade uh, down uh, in in the West Village, which is uh, a great place to commit crime if you ever are, are into that. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, hey, thanks. I was you know, wondering. What? Yeah. One year. One one year. My uh, Sarah, my uh, first wife, uh, her and her sister were solid gold dancers. And I was Rick Dees, who was the, the host for oh, nice. yeah. of Solid yeah. Gold. Yeah, and so uh, uh, that w- that was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, uh, my 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 son this year, Lincoln, he's going as a zombie baseball player. Uh, my daughter, <laughs> uh, Farah, is going as a zombie soccer player, and my other daughter, Autumn, is going as a princess. <laughs> so nice. uh, who, the who only knows? pure heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny. You know what's funny um, about yeah, about Farah. Um, th- sorry, we're getting really off topic here. But but for whatever reason, wow. I had the, this this this, pa- this past weekend, I had my kids in the car, and um, we were talking about heaven. And Lincoln asked me, "What does heaven look like?" And you know, I kind of I spelled out my vision, and then Lincoln said, "I think I think heaven is a place that's just full of toys." And then my other, my my daughter Autumn said, I, "I think Lincoln is just where, or I'm sorry, I think heaven is just where you get to play with puppies." And then Farah, she like kind of pauses and and looks out the window. I think heaven is where everybody's locked up in cages. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> oh I might need to do some work with this child. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, we'll get her in therapy very soon. Uh, she may be having yeah, 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 say, cause anxiety. So, and and I tell you, and and we'll get off Halloween. But and I've told Lars and all them, if if you ever want to see, I mean, Crestline in Mountain Brook is the best Halloween parade. I mean, it, it's like being in an Alabama game. Once they do a parade, everybody then starts to trick-or-treat through. And so you have the bowl of Crestline, and Crestline is flat. So you can just walk around there, and I promise you, you're walking down the streets, and you feel like you're at the Alabama game, shoulder-to-shoulder with all these people. I mean, it's just crowded and uh, so much candy. There's bands at about four or five houses all throughout the neighborhood that are playing kind of on different corners of the the, uh, different stops. Pretty cool. 
pretty cool if you ever want to experience Halloween in a unique way. All right, let's get to football. Alabama, a bye week. Uh, I, I guess it's spill out for us kind of where you see this bye week, and it's a good good time coming for Bryce especially, Mick, when it comes to his healthiness. Yeah, look, it, this really has been a, a tough stretch. And, I mean, I've said it before. I think this is the hardest schedule that Alabama's played in the last 20 years. I mean, just because of how good the teams are and, and the fact that there's no easy road games. You know, all of them have been uh, against teams that could beat Alabama, that have great fan bases. You know, they're not playing Vandy uh, where, where you're going to take over the stadium, you know. So um, this this has been a tough year, and Bryce Young has been amazing. I mean, like I was looking at a stat that somebody put on Twitter last night, and basically if you take the drops out, He's doing exactly what he did last year, maybe even a little bit better, you know. So he's kept Alabama in the mix, um, and, and the schedule is going to be tougher too. I mean, look, you got to go to LSU. All of a sudden, they're good. They always play Alabama tough. So I think this is a really good time for Alabama to kind of circle the wagons. And I wonder if there's more guys like Eli Ricks that haven't played a lot who could get in and help this team. You know, and I'm sure they're probably wondering the same thing, you know, because uh, he was such an impact player against Mississippi State. We'll see a lot more of him, and I'm wondering, you know, maybe if there's one of those guys that's a wide receiver or maybe, you know, some somewhere else along this team where, you know, you could find some help there. Um, you know, now's a good time to kind of reassess, you know, what the situation is in different positions, I think. Mick, give us your uh, analysis of LSU. Uh, they're also have a, on, on a bye week, so you know it, it's, I think it's fair for both teams. But just the job that Brian Kelly has done, uh, and it seems like he has the best quarterback that he has uh, had going all the way back to when he was at Grand Valley State, Cincinnati, and, and Notre Dame. This uh, this kid who's a, a dual threat transfer from uh, Arizona or Arizona State. Yeah, yeah, look, uh, Jaden Daniels can play. I mean, and it's kind of taken him a little while to get going. Um, I've been a Brian Kelly believer. Uh, now, when I watched the way that he coached the, the Tennessee game, I, I was really surprised at the amount of, you know, risks that he took, and none of them paid off, right? But then after Alabama played Tennessee, I kind of realized that maybe he knew that his offense wasn't going to be able to keep up with him. And, and that's why he was rolling the dice so much, you know. But the team's gotten better. Uh, they, they easily could have won the game against Florida State. And uh, they dominated the second half against Mississippi State, and then they did the same thing against Ole Miss. So this is a, this is a team that's very dangerous. And, you know, I was thinking of back to some of these games that Alabama's played at LSU, and, you know, they've had so much success playing in Baton Rouge, in Louisiana, against the Tigers over the years. But it isn't ever easy. It's, it's always like, you know, I can see John Parker Wilson sneaking in, in in 2008, you know, and Blake Sims leading the charge down the field to tie the game. You know, what was that, 2013? And um, A.J. McCarron's game where he's crying afterwards, hits T.J. Eldon, uh, you know, and Alabama wins at the end of the game. I Look, this is a tough place for Alabama. None of these games are easy. And I just think that we're kind of walking into another one where we're going to look at, we're going to watch this game and it's going to be a lot closer than what the lines are. And I think part of that is that LSU just, they bring, they bring their best against Alabama. But on the other side, Alabama doesn't take LSU lightly either. It's become 
Alabama's second biggest rivalry. Yeah, and you look at the record, 55-26-5 uh, is the all-time series. The first meeting uh, was 1895. LSU beat Alabama 12-6. to uh, The longest winning streak for Alabama was an uh, 11-game streak from 71-81. And the current streak right now for Alabama is two from 2020 to present. Uh, you, you brought up as far as at LSU, Alabama 29-9-2 against LSU and Baton Rouge. They went 16-1-1. From 1965 to 1998, since 1981, Alabama has gone seven and 12 in games played in Alabama, while LSU has gone four and 17 and one in games in uh, in Louisiana. So pretty pretty amazing. Uh, you, you brought it up, and I remember us talking about that stat over the years that Alabama has tend to play very well uh, for some reason uh, in Baton Rouge. We did. I mean, I played there back to back years. Um, Ninety, what was it? Ninety two, and uh, I think ninety. What was it? No, I played 1991 and 92 back to back because they redid the conference. Uh, so that was kind of weird to, oh, have to wow. go back to back. But yeah, but we won both those games and won in '94 as well. I didn't play in the game in '93. Myself, Sherman Williams, and John Stevenson were out. We lost that game in Tuscaloosa. But um, th- this is going to be a tough. I mean, this team has gotten so much better. I mean, what what is the total? 90 points they scored against uh, was it uh, Florida and against uh, Ole Miss over these uh, past few games, uh, really improved, especially on that offensive side of the football. Yeah, and that's what you're looking at, and you're going, hey, this this is a different LSU team than we saw at the beginning of the year. And I've heard people say that, you know, maybe this team has more talent than Brian Kelly had at Notre Dame. You know, I'm not willing to go there yet, but I think that eventually he'll have more talent there at LSU than he had at Notre Dame. I mean, he's got some uh, some playmakers I thought Ian Book was a playmaker at Notre Dame. So uh, is Jaden Daniels better than Ian Book? I, I don't know about that yet, but he's a good quarterback. LSU's <laughs> defensive line gets after the quarterback, and they're the only team that's hit Hendon Hooker this year. You know, in that game that, that Tennessee played, they were pretty far ahead, and there was a blitz, and they stuck Hooker, and he just didn't look the same after that. You know, and Alabama never even got close to him. You know, like I'm not a hit like that, so – um, they're going to be able to do some things. And then the other part of it is all of a sudden this has turned into, uh, you know, a de facto. I mean, this could be for the uh, West, which is amazing when you think about how bad things started out over there, you know, losing to Florida State and getting blown out at home by Tennessee. But that doesn't even look like a bad loss. Hey, can you hang on with us through the break, yeah, Mick? Uh, and we'll get to another segment. I want to jump into this new NIL, some of the new uh, – rules and stuff that the NCAA has given their members. Uh, can you stick with us? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. We'll go one more segment. I know you got something coming up at 1 o'clock, and then uh, but we appreciate Mick Gillespie joining us from Bama Inside on 3. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. 
men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of the best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O.
The NCAA's Division I Board of Directors approved on Wednesday new guidance to members on name, image, and likeness activities. Clarifying how schools, coaches, and staffers can be involved with athletes' endorsement and sponsorship deals. Now, the latest clarifications to the NCAA's interim NIL policy create no new rules, but are intended to give athletic departments a better idea of what types of support fall outside of existing bylaws. This is written in the Associated Press this morning. Again, the headline, NCAA provides updated NIL rules guidance to members. I'm not going to really go through, but the NCAA spelled out numerous activities that were permissible impermissible, but broadly, the NCAA said schools cannot be involved in sourcing, negotiating, or facilitating NIL deals for their athletes. Services related to NIL deals, such as legal review of contracts, can only be provided if those same services are available to the entire student body. Now, the only service that schools are really allowed to provide for athletes under this new guidance are educational services, how to build your brand, how to handle finances, taxes, and stuff like that, sports law attorney Mitt Winter said. But schools can't be providing any services that going out and helping the athletes actually find deals unless that service is available once again to all students, which we've seen that before with the NCAA with a lot of their rules. The NCAA's interim NIL policy falls back on existing rules and makes it impermissible for NIL deals to be used as recruiting inducements or pay-for-play or performance-based compensation. Now, schools must also adhere to state laws regarding NIL compensation for athletes. Dozens of states have NIL laws, some that already prohibit schools from facilitating deals for athletes. Winter went on to say again, but a lot of the state laws allow facilitation of deals, and some were even amended to take out prohibitions on facilitation. The last time the NCAA provided guidance to members, it was to, to clarify rules related to booster-funded collectives, their roles in providing NIL deals to athletes and recruiting. The latest guidance said school personnel, including coaches, can be part of fundraising for collectives, booster-funded organizations that provide opportunities for athletes to profit from their names, image, and likenesses, but coaches and school staff members cannot donate directly to the collective. School staff members also cannot be employed or have any ownership stake in an NIL entity, the NCAA said. Now, schools also can request donors provide funds to collectives and other NIL entities, provided the schools do not request that those funds be directed to a specific sport or student athlete. I'll start with you, Mick. Uh, not, not too much information there, a little bit uh, here and there, but kind of clarifies, I guess, for a lot of universities worried about we don't want to break any rules, but not a lot of anything that I've seen that's really that big of a change compared to what we already knew. I think just a lot of schools were scared to go out there and do it. Yeah, right. I mean, that, and that's kind of how it feels. Like, you know, some schools have jumped into it both feet. You know, other schools are worried that maybe the NCAA comes back down the road and says that what they were doing was wrong. And, I mean, they, they've got to keep on clarifying this. Because, honestly, I mean, even when you read all that, I still don't even know what they mean, you know. So <laughs> the, more, the more clarification that they give, the easier it will be for laymen like me to kind of know what direction we're taking this thing. Um, but I, I know one thing's for sure. Every school seems to think it's something different, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, look, this is a non-exhaustive list of what is and isn't permissible. So that means there's still so much gray area, and um, and and look the uh, the NCA claims that they're investigating uh, some possible alleged rule breaking in this NIL space. But guess what? No school has been punished or been accused of of, of anything so far, because I I think again there, there's just so many ways around this and. And uh, the, the the guidance here, uh, 
I mean, it, it aims to sort of uh, clarify and, and, con- and contextualize the existing rules in a space that is largely unregulated. And, uh, and, and look, and a lot of coaches and athletic directors believe that these, these collectives, that somebody gives money to a collective and that money is earmarked for a certain player. All right, well, we know that that is not uh, uh, supposedly you can't do that. Uh, wink, wink. Like, how how are you ever going to police that or or or, fi- or figure out? Like, hey, here, here's here's three million dollars. Uh, boy, I sure love Arch Manning. He is a, he. It would be great to have Arch Manning at Texas. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just uh, look. It, it's going to take federal legislation, and uh, again, uh, Senator Manchin from West Virginia, and our very own Toby Tuberville which should really give us confidence. He, they're all over this. And so, uh, uh, of, of crafting, of crafting something. But, but then again, we all know how long it takes a bill to work its way through Washington. Yeah. And this thing is going to become so, it's going to be, it's going to be so political because people are so passionate about college football. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, if you're not if you're not behind a certain portion of the bill and you realize that that your that uh, electorate right in your state isn't then it, <laughs> then you won't support it. You'll be it's in trouble. Just, it, yeah. It, this is just, yeah. 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 Yes. You'll yes. be voted uh, for and, again. And we are gonna we're gonna, exactly we're gonna have a mixture of, of politics and and football essentially here very shortly. So well, and and I, and I think I the thing know, large Jay. too that you have you have to look at is that. What I liked about what Alabama was doing, and this is something that, um, you know, I, I, I say the straw hat, I guess you might say, said that, you know, this is what he wanted. If they were going to put one together, he said they make sure that you earmark it to where, not for particular athletes, but where all sports can be uh, able to participate. So if you got basketball fans, they can earmark it for basketball, women's basketball, softball, soccer now, the way that they're, you know, they've grown. There may be fans now that are going to soccer games. They weren't going before. They say, hey, I want to support this and keep this thing up and going and really be able to bring in athletes and be able to pay for things outside of their normal uh, scholarship, uh, you know, money that they get for school and stipends, all that kind of stuff. So I, I like that aspect of it because I-, I was really worried about when you started seeing all these different collectives coming out and they were like, well, we got a collective and it's for men's basketball and football. That's it. You know, and, and that was kind of the stories we were hearing early on. Uh, you know, we created a company called Funnel. And started working with a number of the SEC schools and, and worked at Alabama as well. Alabama was not as receptive as Georgia, as uh, Vanderbilt's been huge, basketball that is, was Jerry Stackhouse, Notre Dame, Louisville, um, South Carolina, uh, Clemson. Uh, I mean, they've all embraced it and said, hey, we're going to promote it. We can promote it. This allows us to do this. And some other universities um, have been very cautious about that. So you're going to see that really amp its way up a lot more. Where If coaches, and it says here, Coaches and personnel can help promote. They just can't give to it, nor can they go out and solicit the money, but they can promote it and talk about it. Um, I mean, you're going to see it all over Vanderbilt stadiums. You're going to see it all over Georgia where they're going to start promoting their collectives inside on the, on the billboards and up on the boards, uh, on the, you know, the things that run throughout going into stadiums with QR codes, all those type of things that we've tried to convince other universities to do. And uh, they've been slow to the process. Yeah, and uh, again, there just ha- has to be more clarification. I-, I do think, though, the NIL combined with the transfer portal uh, really can um, help a program turn around faster than it normally could. 
And uh, I, I think we've seen that a little bit at, at Tennessee. And uh, I have a feeling that we are about to see that at uh, the University of Texas. Um, and it, it, it's funny. Uh, I just seen uh, on social media, on Twitter especially, uh, people want to have a drinking game for every time you hear that a Texas A&M player or an Auburn player uh, enters the transfer portal because uh, apparently Auburn just had another uh, another player enter the transfer portal. And uh, I believe from their class of 2021, now that's eight of their top players from 2021 have entered the portal. Uh, I'll get more. Uh, de- I'll get the details of that in a second. But, um, man, it's just the, the landscape. Uh, I don't know if we lost Mick or have him. The, the, the landscape. Yeah, no, I'm here. Football. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Just the, the, the landscape is so um, uh, unsettling and shifting. And, uh, and, 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 and I think, Jay, this adds to the anxiety that you're talking about. And that's what I wanted to ask you about, Mick, uh, is Nick Saban has used the word anxiety more this year than I've ever heard him use that word since, um, you know, he became coach at Alabama. And frankly, I don't ever remember him using that word until this year. And, and do you think we're just, uh, some of the players and, and and uh, and really, just all of us are still dealing with the effects of the pandemic, and uh, and and still and that that combined with transfer portal, NIL, all these different pressures, um, that that has created an environment where players can be more anxious uh, because there's more pressures on them. Look, I mean, I feel like the coaching and the universities are going to be held hostage, and they are held hostage by the players and their families sometimes. And it's because, you know, there's there's no accountability on if someone's going to stick around or go. And, you know, and a lot of time in sports, you know, like it is in any place, you know, like you kind of have to earn your spot. And, uh, you know, not everyone wants to do that, you know, and so – when you're like a Nick Saban and you really have accountability as one of the trademarks of your success and of your program, um, you know, it makes it difficult because, you know, part of accountability is earning your way on the field and earning your way on the field means doing things the way that he wants them done. And, uh, you know, before, I mean, hey, look, you say you're going to Alabama, you, you, you know, you're there. It's, it wasn't that easy to leave, and this is what all the programs are dealing with. And, and if, you know, I don't like the way that I'm being used, I'll just transfer out, you know. That's what all the coaches are dealing with right now. I think that's part of the anxiety, you know, and then dealing with, with parents of players as well. Um, you know, and maybe you think it's coaches not the kid, real quick, the coaches the have to – the, the coaches, the coaches almost have to re-recruit the players every year or at least some of the players yeah. who are uh, on the fence. Yes. I mean, that's Definitely. exactly what they have to do. And that's, that's a total, that's totally different for a guy like Nick Saban. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, he'll figure it out. But it's a lot more stressful, you know. So I could see that being a, a big reason why he would say something like, you know, having anxiety. I mean, if every decision that you make, you know, you're dealing with somebody's family that's not happy, it's going to make your job not a lot of fun. Make always great stuff, my man. And uh, we'll talk to you, I guess, on Monday before Halloween night, so we'll get another update on your Halloween costumes and all that's happening <laughs> for you coming up uh, this weekend. Thank you, my man. Yeah, great talking to you guys. Have a great holiday.
All right, you too. Mick Gillespie joining us here on the Jay Barker Show, live from AVX with Lars Anderson. we got Matt Coulter be back with us, I think, tomorrow. He's off for a couple of days, spending some time with a good friend of his down on the on the coast. So i uh, been praying for him and all the stuff, stuff that's going on there. But I know Matt's been a great friend uh, to him. Uh, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back and uh, more to come. Don't forget on the other side, in hour number two, we got Andrew Bone. We'll talk recruiting. He's our recruiting analyst for the Crimson Tide. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Coming up up. on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Thursday edition of The Game, we're going to take a look at Alabama's defense through eight games with some great guest analysis. We'll take your phone calls starting at 2 right here on The Game on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Did you hear about Taco Bell's apology? Yeah, they apologized for going too far with their breakfast. Like the naked egg taco and chicken biscuit nachos? It was too much. All you need... Galusa weather. A beautiful fall afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa size 75. Fair tonight, the low 54. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 76. Saturday, becoming mostly cloudy, a chance of rain by afternoon, the high 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Continue again. Thanks to Mickey Bam Insider, all three, and uh, from the same place, Andrew Bowles will be joining us at one fifteen coming up in hour number two. And Lars, I got to get your take. I don't know how much or how uh, many times you've had a chance to either interview or be around, if you ever have, uh, with Kurt Ferentz. Uh, he apologizes now for criticizing a columnist who asked about his son, who is the office coordinator. Uh, he did it on Wednesday night, last night, publicly criticizing, uh, for publicly criticizing a reporter who asked him about his decision to keep son Brian Ferentz as offensive coordinator of the Buckeyes, or the Hawkeyes, excuse me, offense performing so poorly this season. Uh, Ferentz, unprompted, had said at his weekly news conference Tuesday that he had experienced an interrogation when Cleveland.com columnist Doug Lesmeries, I don't know how you spell his last name or how you pronounce his last name, asked him about his son. The exchange occurred at the news conference following the 54 10 loss. At number two, Ohio State on Saturday. A uh, quote from Ferenc, he said, I, the one good thing about uh, about it that dawned on me coming home, I said, man, as today, as bad as today was, it could have been worse because I have been, if I would have been that guy, Ferenc told reporters Tuesday without naming him, I could have been that guy. He had his job, had to act like he did. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. All things aren't that bad. So in an email, he apologized to the media. Friends said he should not have been dismissive of one of their of one of their colleagues, and that uh, his questions were fair. He said, "I have a high respect for the work that you do, and I'm appreciative of how you cover our team." Friends said in the statement, "You ask tough and pointed questions, but do so with a high degree of professionalism." I told I tell our players to take the high road, and yesterday I did not do the same thing. Have you had much interaction with Coach uh, Ferentz? I mean, I've never really heard of him making these type of comments to the press. Maybe he has uh, in the in the in the, uh, the in the press conferences, but it seemed a little bit out of uh, out of sorts for him. Sorry about that. Uh, he's been out of sorts now for about two years, 
And look, uh, Iowa is on a three-game losing streak. Uh, they're one and three overall in conference, three and four uh, in in, uh, in the season. And uh, my dealings with him have always been positive and uh, just a very nice, down-to-earth, humble guy um, and uh, just salt of the earth, 100% Midwestern. And so this was very, to me, out of character to go after a media member. And I applaud that, that guy from Cleveland.com. I, I'm, I'm, I've never met him. But it, it was interesting, Jay. It takes, an outside, it takes an outside media member, not in the Iowa bubble there, to ask the really hard question. Did you see the question right? that he asked? And I, I, I did not. Okay, so the, the question he asked, um, and, and it was three questions, the end of the Iowa State News Conference, and uh, he, he said something about uh, the least productive offense in the country, and for instance, and uh, they write in this article, the elder, for instance, uh, interjected, I've noticed that, yeah. And so, and then uh, Les Morantz, whatever his name is, says, everybody's noticed it. Do you believe you're putting the Iowa football program in a bad spot by having the kind of production on one side of the ball, and it's run by one of your family members? So I, I think that's why it, it probably not many coaches get asked that question. I mean, it's a legitimate question, but um, I, I don't it know. I think probably the, pro- probably the wording just got to him a little bit after a loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it really, come on, you, you, that's not an interrogation. I mean, he's asking a, a legit question. And the fact is, people have been talking about nepotism at mm-hmm. Iowa for quite a while now because their their offense is absolutely terrible and guess who runs it it's the coach's son yeah i mean this is this is going to cost both of them their jobs trust me i i don't think uh, i don't think Brent survives another year and i know he's one of the longest hen- longest tenured head coaches in america andrew bone coming up on the other side at 115 stay with us hour number 2 coming up next live from abx Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over. And, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community. But more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. And look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan dot letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz. Crestline and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. 
You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, welcome back in. Hour number two here live from AVX. Jay Barker, Lars Anderson. We got Andrew Bone coming up at 115. Mick Gillespie with his last hour. Always some great insight from him from Bama Insider on three. And again, Bone will be with us to talk recruiting. We got Clint Black, uh, Clint Black, Clint Lamb. <laughs> we got Clint Black, the country music singer. Clint Lamb coming up with us uh, tomorrow at uh, 130. So look forward to that. Always great stuff from him heading into uh, the weekend, even though it's a bye weekend for the Crimson Tide, but getting ready for that next weekend matchup against the LSU Tigers. Laura's going to talk here in a second about a 10th member of Auburn's 2021 recruiting class has chosen to leave the program. What's going on at Auburn? We'll discuss it here in just a bit. We're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. For family, friends, coworkers, for parties and different events, you got going on to a, ch- a lot of charity events to raise a ton of money for uh, different charities in our community and surrounding areas as well. And uh, also, uh, don't forget, uh, we call it the bowling of this generation. Just a ton of fun. And for tailgating before and after those UAB games uh, down in the protective stadium or anything that's going on in a protective stadium that you want to go there before or after, great place to go. A lot of fun. Top golf for Birmingham. We're driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street in Oxford, Alabama. And Aniston, go see uh, Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sonny King Ford. All right. It's going to take a second to unravel this uh, tightly wound ball of twine that is Auburn football right now. All right. In 2021, Auburn's recruiting class, according to 24-7 Sports, ranked 19th in the country. And they had 19 commitments. All right. The class of 2021 had 19 commitments. And uh, as of right now, four of the six from the class of 2021 of their four stars and five stars have uh, left the roster uh, because uh, former four-star athlete Tavares Dawson Jr., who started the first two games of the season at slot receiver, he announced plans that he was going to transfer. So that's actually the 10th overall member of the class of 2021. Again, that only had 19. So the 10th member of 19 has said that he's leaving the program. So, uh, and then you, you, you take the lens back even further, or you widen the lens, I should say, 
And uh, uh, Auburn has signed 23 blue chip recruits between 2020 and 2021. And blue chip, I I, I guess, uh, is is loosely defined as either a four or five star player. And there's only eight left on the roster. So it's 23 that they signed uh, in 2020, 2021. Only eight are left on the roster. All right. Gets even a little bit more confusing <laughs> because uh, on Wednesday's teleconference, uh, and this is just a, a, another day, another drama for Brian Harson, and and as we all know, um, he is dead man walking metaphorically. He, he is not going to be coach much longer, uh, and and frankly, Jay, he, when he's on the sideline, he doesn't look like he wants to be on the sideline at at, at Auburn. But so there was a report. In the Auburn Daily uh, that came out yesterday, I believe, that Harrison was, quote, refusing to allow players to request a red shirt without a medical reason for not playing. And it was framed to the players as, quote, you play or you go. And this forced some players to end their 2022 seasons uh, early to avoid losing that season of eligibility. And when Harson was asked about it, uh, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the... Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow, wow is right. Um, and, and uh, the, you know, the players just can't get out of Auburn fast enough. And uh, it, it just, uh, it's another sort of... Uh, just an, an, another shot across the bow of Auburn football. Like it's just, it, it's another. Just it's not even a warning sign. It, it, it's a sign that it's actually it's a shot right into the middle of the of the battleship that is Auburn football, uh, and it's sinking fast. Um, so, I, you know, it, the fact that he is messing with kids and saying basically either. You play, or uh, I, I'm not going to give you uh, a medical red shirt because uh, there was a story that he denied non-medical red shirts to players. There are some players who were hoping to red shirt after their after they got their four games in, right? And they wanted to stick around Auburn. And he's like, "Well, I'm not going to allow that." According to a report, that you either you either quit or you get in the portal. And, uh, wow. you know, he, he's drawn a hard, hard line on this, but it, it, it I mean, I, I don't think this is necessarily going to matter here in about a month, a uh, month and, or maybe five weeks, whenever the season ends for Auburn. But, um, I don't know, Jay, I mean, the, the, the facts are a little scrambled right now and, uh, they're not sitting still for us. And so, uh, it, it, it sort of, uh, you kind of just have to dig a little bit deeper, and I'm sure their their reporters are, and I'm sure Auburn players will be happy to talk to uh, intrepid reporters who want to actually get the story. But uh, it's just a, a, another illustration of the, I don't know, the abject failure of Brian Harson as the coach at, at Auburn. I mean, I can't, I, I don't know one thing, Jay, that's gone right since he's been there. Yeah, it's a lack of leadership, uh, whether it's from the administration, whether it's from them allowing people to step in and 
and uh, make decisions or, you know, uh, go after coaches like they did in the offseason. I mean, Harson was dead man walking back in the summer. I mean, you just kind of felt like that, you know, they were doing everything they possibly could, putting out rumors about him. I mean, they were trying to destroy the guy's life. And he was strong and held up through it. I actually gained some admiration from him that he didn't allow what was being said in the media and what was being said by other people to be leaked out to, to force him into saying, hey, i got to step down or letting them force his hand. So that, that to me showed uh, a lot of courage. I, I really thought that he was going to come back a lot stronger this year from that. I thought that the team would unify and rally around him. But if you're making decisions like this, and again, this is allegedly coming from some of the players and the media is writing about it. You're right. I mean, think about all the guys now that will begin to leak information out that are transferring out saying why it was so bad at Auburn, and it's going to come back and point right back to the head coach and Coach Harson. Um, and most coaches realize that, you know, a kid, if he's played in four games and not looking to play again or maybe will get four games in but it's not going to get, you know, be a starter or get playing time, they want that redshirt year. They want that extra year of eligibility outside of the, you know, medical redshirt. You get that no matter if the coach says or not. That's up to the doctors and, and really up to the administration. Normally they never balk on those things, but they normally don't balk on this or a coach doesn't. I mean, it's, that, that is a horrible recruiting uh, trend for you or, or for recruits out there listening and watching going, okay, if I go to Auburn, he's not going to give me a red shirt. If I want to get a red shirt that year, if I don't feel like I'm either ready to play or I'm not getting the playing time early on that I want to get and don't feel like I'm going to get a full season, I would much rather be able to get a red shirt. Uh, it could be the case, Lars, that he's panicking because he's lost so many players. He's like, look, I've got, I can't red shirt you. I've got to play you. And, and that, that's not their issue and their problem that these other guys may have played early on. That You, know, you talked about some of the guys who were starting early in the season that are now gone in the transfer portal. And um, I, I don't know. It, it's just a mess. I mean, it really is just a cluster uh, down in Auburn right now. And, you know, Brian Harson is only adding fuel to the fire if this is true, that he's denying these guys any type of red shirt. And that's where I think the NCAA and, and the university, first of all, the university and then the NCAA should step in and say that, you know, you should not be doing this. I mean, this is the things that the players, um, in, in a sense, kind of have their their rights to say, look, I want a red shirt. You know, I want to be able to uh, be able to hold back your eligibility like that. I mean, it's such a key thing for a lot of guys in their growth as a player and really sometimes to determine whether or not how they develop and the playing time they get to get to the next level. Yeah, and so this comes from Nabias Wilborn, who does a really good job of covering Auburn for AL.com. And uh, he uses the example of tight end Landon King. So on October 5th, he confirmed his intent, his intent to redshirt. And according to sources around the program, Harson believed that King could still serve a role for the Tigers and that he was healthy enough to play. And initially, King, the, the, the tight end, he publicly said he would remain in the program and he still attended practice and participated with the scout team for at least a few weeks. And then Auburn, they didn't confirm or deny the redshirt for King because he was, uh, they said, you know, progressing on the scout team and that there was an opportunity for an increased role. But suddenly on Tuesday night, he tweeted out, King did, a statement that he was entering the transfer portal. And guess what? His name has been deleted from the online roster. Wow. So... <laughs> Uh, it, 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 Jay, it is it's just it's as bad at Auburn right now. Again, I I moved here in like two thousand six or seven. I, I've never seen the program in this state of disarray before. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. All right, we got Andrew Bone coming up next. We'll talk recruiting, maybe get his thoughts on this topic uh, with the Auburn Tigers coming up on the other side from Bam Insider on three. Again, that is Andrew Bone. He'll be with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ask Big. Have you seen our artisan-created diamonds? If you've been in a room with one, you can't miss it. Tom Osmond from Fincher and Osmond. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny by 76. Saturday, becoming mostly cloudy, a chance of rain by afternoon, the high 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. That's at Andrew, the letter J, Bone, at Andrew, the letter J, Bone, his Twitter handle. And you can follow all of his recruiting analysts and uh, latest news. Again, that's Andrew J. Bone on Twitter. Let's welcome him in. Andrew, great to have you on. As always, hope you're having a great Thursday and a great week so far. And has it been any bit of a bye week for you? (laughs) It's never a bye week. People always ask us uh, when when we're going to get some time off. And you you never really get time off in uh in this profession so there's obviously a lot of uh a lot of stuff still going on got a lot of uh, a lot of decisions you know coming up got a lot of kids taking visits coming off of visits you know putting out their uh you know top list and uh you know we're just trying to you know, keep everybody in the loop of what's going on and um you know i think we got a pretty good idea of where things stand with uh with every top remaining target what is some of the, I guess, scouting buzz going on as far as some of the players out there? I saw where Alabama still in, in contact with the defense alignment commit uh, to Clemson and, and others, and, and still got a number of guys to fill up this 2023 class. But just kind of give us some some of the latest news and things that have been happening. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the biggest news coming out of the weekend, um, you know, was Alabama hosting, being able to host some, you know, top end guys. I mean, they had. The top two recruits in the state, uh, James Smith and Clay Russo, back on campus. Now, you know, we know Alabama's in, uh, you know, in decent shape with those guys, but they're not going to be making a decision anytime soon. They're going to wait until December before they decide. And two of their top uh, defensive linemen um, on campus, uh, David Hobbs, five star out of North Carolina. You know, we had an opportunity to talk to him uh, after the visit. And, you know, certainly believe that Alabama, you know, has a strong chance to land him. You know, he really likes Tennessee a lot as well. Was in Knoxville. Uh, two weekends ago for the uh, for the win against Alabama, and you know really likes the environment there. But you know, it's pretty close. I mean, it's really close between Alabama, Tennessee, and uh, and Georgia. And he'll be taking an official to Georgia uh, here in the next couple weeks. Um, actually, that weekend that Tennessee comes into town, so he's going to get a chance to see uh, see the Vols once again. Uh, and then Jordan Hall, um, a big defensive lineman out of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. You know, he 
grew up an Alabama fan, has started to see uh, uh, some increased attention from Alabama's side uh, in him uh, over the course of the last few months, uh, really ever since uh, his senior film started getting distributed because uh, he didn't come to Alabama summer camp. So, you know, it's one thing that uh, Nick Saban and, and the coaching staff, you know, want. They want to see these guys, you know, work out in person and uh, evaluate them and, and make a decision on if they're going to make a strong push. And sometimes guys don't make those trips uh, during the summer. You got to wait a little bit longer, evaluate them in the fall because you want to see them as a senior. You don't, you know, it's great to evaluate these guys as juniors and, uh, and get a good idea, but, uh, you know, you, you really want to see kind of how they develop, how they take that next step from your junior year to your senior year if you're continuing to get better uh, and improving uh, and seeing if, you know, if these guys are maxed out right now or if there's potential there to, to grow and, and to become an elite uh, college football player. So I think once they've seen some of these guys a little bit more uh, this season, they've really kind of determined that, you know, these are guys that we want to push for. And, you know, maybe it has a little bit to do with, uh, you know, some guys going elsewhere like uh, you know, Kelby Collins committing to Florida or or, um, or Peter Woods committing to Clemson. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, Alabama doesn't necessarily have to extend those offers or make those pushes. They can wait and look in the transfer portal. Uh, but instead, you know, they're going after some high school guys that they really like after they've evaluated them pretty closely uh, during their senior season. Jordan Hall is certainly one of those guys. So I think that they got a chance uh, with him. He's going to wait until probably December uh, to make that decision. But, um, but you know, this is a interesting week because it's a bye week. Um, you know, coaches are, you know, going to get out there. They're going to go see some kids, you know, probably some kids they haven't seen. I'm sure they're, they're, they're going to go see some commitments in action. Um, you know, Ola Salinan, uh, the big offensive lineman out of Finland, um, he's going to get a visit um, uh, from Alabama offensive line coach Eric Wolford uh, on Saturday. He plays up in Connecticut uh, at a boarding school, so you know we know that Coach Wolford is going to go see him, and you know, a lot of other guys are going to get seen by the uh, by the coaching staff for the for the first time. So, going to be interesting to see how the, this next uh, you know month kind of plays out because there's a lot of kids that you know we could see make decisions. Um, you know, and it starts tonight. Cormani McLean, the top. Cornerback in the country uh, will announce his college decision uh, this evening between Alabama, Miami, and Florida. Uh, I do think that you know, Florida is in pretty good shape there. It's the only school he's visited uh, this fall. Didn't make a return trip back to Alabama. Uh, a lot of momentum on the on Florida side for him, so I think he's going to end up going there. Um, but there's still some other decent specs that are out there uh, that Alabama's got a great chance to uh, to potentially land down the road. Uh, including one that visited this past weekend, Damari Brown, uh, out of uh, American Heritage High School down in uh, South Florida. Uh, he was in Tuscaloosa this past weekend, had a great time, and uh, you know, definitely says that Alabama is on his uh, short list. But, you know, this next month and a half is going to be pretty interesting because Tide has 23 commitments. They're currently sitting with the number one recruiting class in the country. Uh, I do think that you know the number, uh, the total number in this class could be anywhere between 29, 31. Um, you know, I think that you know they could easily get to 30 uh, based on the amount of guys who are still out there. That they're heavily recruiting. They heavily want. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Um, you know, in the month of November and uh, and leading up to the early signing period in, in December. 
Okay, Andrew, two questions for you. How is it that Alabama can have get so many recruits? And I know it, it, it comes down to roster management, and if you could just explain that, because it's so often you, you just see teams that they recruit 22, 23, 20, 24, maybe 25 guys. It seems pretty rare for 30. So that's number one. Number two, you have made me obsessed with Keon Keeley. All right, <laughs> uh, the, the the number one edge rusher in the country, six six two forty two out of Berkeley Prep in Tampa. Uh, he was a longtime Notre Dame commit, decommitted, and now it seems like it's a three horse race between Alabama, Ohio State, Florida, and I think Florida's kind of fading. But you're the expert here, so. His lead recruiter at Alabama, as far as I can tell, is uh, Robert Gillespie. And Ohio State, it's Larry Johnson, who's the father of Larry Johnson, who played in the NFL. And who I've met and very dynamic. I'm sure he's a really good recruiter. So where ultimately does he land? And is it, uh, is it basically between Alabama and Ohio State? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll tell you about Keeley first, and then uh, we'll get to the numbers a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, Keeley hasn't taken any vi- any more visits since his trip to Tuscaloosa about three weekends ago. You know, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, definitely fighting it out on this one. I think Florida has uh, you know fallen back a little bit. The Gators tried to get him on campus. Uh, I think last weekend or two weekends ago for the LSU game didn't take that trip. I think he's I think he's about finished with the recruiting process. I, I, kind of be surprised if he took any more visits before he makes a decision now you know will that decision happen next month will it happen you know in december yeah i think we're still kind of waiting to see what he's going to do i wouldn't be surprised if it happens within the next few weeks Uh, you know that's just kind of you know what we've been expecting you know go on these trips um you know that he's been on uh this uh this fall and then you know sit down and really try to make a decision obviously all these different schools want him uh, as a part of their program, uh, especially Alabama and and, uh, and Ohio State. And, you know, we talked about this last week, but Ohio State has really come on strong with him. I, mean, I didn't think they were going to come on as strong as they have. He'd always talked about you know, playing in the SEC after he decommitted from uh, Notre Dame, um, you know, play a little bit closer to home. Uh, but they've done a really good job on selling him about being that next, uh, you know, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Clay, uh, Clay, or not uh, Clay Young, Chase Young. Um, you know, just a lot of um, you know, a lot of great talent that's come out of uh, the Ohio State program. But you know, he's also seen the development at uh, Alabama, uh, the type of players that they've produced. Uh, and also likes the position. I mean, he's being recruited as an outside linebacker, not being recruited to put his hand to the ground. You know, he's you know he kind of sees himself as a as a Will Anderson, a Dallas Turner type player, and uh, you know that's you know, what he would do at Alabama. So I think as of right now, Alabama's still in pretty good shape there, uh, but it's really close. I mean, Ohio State's done, done a great job recruiting him, and um, we'll just have to kind of wait and see how it all unfolds. But uh, he remains a uh, priority target uh, for the Crimson Tide. And it also looks like uh, Ohio State's in really good shape with uh, Damon Wilson uh, out of Venice High School in Florida. You know, a similar type player to Keon Keeley. There's been a lot of predictions here lately for Damon Wilson uh, to Ohio State 
uh, Mateo Oangalele, uh, uh, the brother of uh, DJ uh, at Clemson, uh, also considered um, an Ohio State lean, even though USC is also strongly in the picture. I was going to well, say, but, there's no um, way that that could be a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> You're right. Dude. Definitely the uh, you know, definitely brothers. So uh, sometimes it's not, you know, people, yeah, I've got people that I know that have the last name Bone. And that's a rare last name, but they're not even related to me. So it's kind of kind of weird. Even people that are from my hometown. So uh, I'm sure there's some sort of connection there, but but who knows? But uh, back to the subject. Um, you know, Keeley is definitely uh, you know definitely a priority target for Bama. Yeah, you know, I, I think you know in the end he's going to ultimately commit there. But as far as numbers are concerned, you know, this is one of those years where the NCAA is allowing you know kind of an unlimited number of scholarships in this class to kind of make up. Uh, for COVID, for transfers, uh, but you still can't go over that 85 scholarship limit. So we're going to see, you know, probably you know some transfers out. You know, Alabama's going to be able to you know bring some additional guys in. You know, other schools are going to be able to do the same thing. But um, you know, I certainly see Alabama being able to take advantage of this and, and bringing in um, you know anywhere between um, you know 29, you know 31 recruits in this class. I don't think it's going to get to 35, but I think uh, we're going to be somewhere in that. 30-ish range. For our producers in uh, Tuscaloosa, just hold off on the uh, the music, and uh, we're going to hold you over for just another couple minutes here. Final question, because we were talking about this earlier, but I, I, I got to get your thoughts. Uh, Auburn has lost their 10th member now of their 2021 recruiting class. He has chosen to leave the program. And um, Brian Harson, according to certain reports, has said that he has denied redshirt years for guys who come in and said, I want to be redshirted this year. And, and now some of those guys have said, look, if they're not going to redshirt me, unless it's a medical, uh, I got to leave. I got to get out of the program. What are you hearing from the recruiting side? Because that would be detrimental to recruiting. Number one, I don't know if it's going to matter that much with Harson. It looks like he's dead man walking. But um, do you know other coaches that deny redshirts for players uh, these days, especially with as vocal and as much uh, social media that they've got to put these things out? Yeah, no, not really. Um, you know, you, you don't often hear that. Um, uh, and like I said, especially with uh, you know, with this day and age, maybe several years ago. But uh, with social media the way it is, and you know, kids uh, kind of spout off, you know, whatever people see it, even if they delete it a few seconds later, uh, that stuff usually gets. Uh, screen sh- screenshotted by someone and, and put out there, but uh, you know on the recruiting front, there's you know not really a ton of buzz. I mean, you know, they've, they've been getting top recruits on campus. Uh, you know James Smith and Quay Russo, um, you know who we talked about earlier, the top two recruits in the state. They're going back to Auburn this weekend, and it's their fourth trip to Auburn this year. Um, they've been to Alabama twice, but you know they're going to double up on trips to Auburn. Uh, you know, this weekend. So there's definitely still some interest there. I think a lot of recruits are probably just kind of waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen. Um, they probably have, uh, you know, different coaches who told them that they're not sure. They probably had people tell, tell them in their communities or fans or people on uh, social media, hey, you know, Auburn's going to, you know, get a new coach. They're going to get this guy. They're going to get that guy. You should really, um, you know, wait to make a decision, which, Oh, these kids were waiting a while before they made a decision anyway. So I think a lot of these top recruits throughout the country, as far as their interest in Auburn, you know, there's definitely a lot of interest, but, you know, everybody's also having to wait to see, um, you know, what's going to happen with the coaching staff. And it seems to be kind of a, a reoccurring thing uh, every single year down there. 
Andrew, always great to talk to you. And uh, the final thing I'll ask, and to move really quick, is what, what's the bye week like for these guys when it comes to recruiting? They get out on the road summers, Coach Saban, give them a chance to get a break. Oh, no, they're recruiting. Uh, they'll be kind of all over, spread across all over the country seeing kids, you know, whether it's uh, commitments, you know, top recruits in the 2023 20, class, or they may even go see some uh, some top juniors. So the uh, coaches are definitely on the road now. Coach Saban, he's one that's not on the road. He hasn't gone on the road, uh, I think, since 2012, uh, at least to a high school football game. The last high school football game he attended uh, was in Hueytown to see Jameis Winston. And, didn't work out well for him, so he dec- I think he decided he wasn't going to go back to another one, and uh, he hasn't been back to one since. He'll probably be on the lake wow, celebrating his birthday incredible. this weekend. Yeah. I, I had no idea, Andrew, that, that Coach Saban doesn't go to uh, high school games. No, you know, the, and the biggest thing about that is just you know showing favoritism. Uh, Coach Saban kind of—I think he sees that as you know, if he's going to go to one high school football game, then you know there might be a kid that gets upset because he didn't come to his high school football game. And, mm-hmm. You know, we see a lot of these head coaches fly in, land on you know, land in helicopters on fields before the game, and um, you know whether it's to go see a, a quarterback recruit or or whoever. Sometimes it's commitments, but a lot of times it's to go see you know, premier targets, and it only happens a couple times a year for these head coaches. So uh, I think Coach Saban's kind of decided that, you know, he's going to let his assistants go out, do all the work. He's not going to go show favoritism towards uh, uh, one recruit over another. So what you're really telling us is when one of his grandkids is playing football in high school, that'll be the next time he goes, he'll still be coaching 85. <laughs> he may not even go to that. But isn't, isn't Coach Saban – isn't he the closer though? Like, uh, he doesn't is. he ultimately he gets, he, he go gets him on the, his, his turf? That's oh, right. That's why he goes. Uh, he, okay. he gets him that's in the right. office. He, he closes gets, the deal in the, in the office. Yeah. Well, he also or, does or that during for, for in-home visits in December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Andrew, always great stuff, my man. Thank you. Again, this at Andrew J. Bone is his uh, Twitter handle. And uh, also, uh, real quick, tell everybody about your book if they want to read about it and all the recruiting trails and things that have gone on for so many years for a lot of Alabama players. Absolutely. Well, The Road to Bama, uh, incredible twists and improbable turns along the Crimson Tide recruiting trail. A lot of great stories about former Alabama greats, uh, kind of their life growing up, how they got into football, uh, how they got recruited by Alabama, but also – uh, you know, interviews with coaches from other schools who recruited them, interviews with all the players. And um, obviously, uh, we, uh, we, we had Jay Barker as a part of our, uh, part of our book. So we were really thankful, uh, thankful for that, that Jay. And uh, obviously, uh, Antonio and, uh, and Trent, a lot of other great guys throughout, uh, you know, Alabama football history. Yeah, I was in it and actually uh, did the Ford. And that Ford has a lot of large Anderson DNA all over it. So I have to give him some credit for that as well. All right, Andrew, thank, thank you, my man. Jay. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, thank you. Andrew J. Bone again. It's at Andrew J. Bone, the letter J, and uh, you'll be able to find him on Twitter. All right, we'll continue. More coming up on the other side, live from ABX, hour number two. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. 
Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC. Letter O.
in as we continue hour number two. And again, thanks to Andrew Ball and some great information there from him talking about recruiting and uh, some great stuff there. So uh, we really appreciate Andrew each and every week joining us to give us an update on what's happening for the Crimson Tide. Or what I think he said 23, they may get to about 30 or 31 uh, recruits they may sign. A lot different scenario, Lars, than what we're seeing right now for the Auburn Tigers, losing now their 10th member of that 2021 class that you brought up earlier. Talking about uh, guys who, um, you know, from the Southeastern Conference and around a great article on ESPN today. I don't know if you saw it. I think it's on the homepage of NCAA football. Ten years after a devastating injury at South Carolina, Marcus Lattimore re- rediscovers his place in the game. He's now coaching high school football. And I, I know that he had moved out to Oregon back in, I think, 2021 and uh, kind of found uh, his way there. And uh, I, I think he's still at that high school. I can't. Um, be honest, I'm looking through the article trying to see uh, kind of if he's gone somewhere else. But he was with Lewis and Clark Pioneers uh, and uh, Griswold Stadium in Columbia, uh, away from Columbia and Portland, Oregon now. So uh, he said the ground is damper and the air is damper as well, which it is out in Oregon if you've ever been there. But do you have a chance to cover Marcus Lattimore? I mean, that's been right there in the middle of kind of your, your prominent days of covering college football for SI. Yeah, and um, man, what an impressive young man he was, and and what a impressive man he is now. The fact that he didn't let that injury, uh, and that's one of the, one of the most devastating knee injuries I've ever seen. Uh, he didn't let that derail his life at all, and he, you know, no bitterness, uh, no woe is me. He just he he pushed forward through it. You got to remember before that injury, you know, he was, gosh, one of the most highly sought after recruits in the country. He goes to South Carolina and, um, and, and, uh, you know, he was named freshman of the year, uh, in, in the SEC, had a really good year. And, uh, and then, and then, and, then the injury happens. Uh, he was able to play a little bit in the NFL. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick by uh, the, the, the 49ers. And uh, I remember um, seeing a, a clip of him just saying, you know, getting that one carry in the NFL, and I know he had more than one carry, but the, the, the first time he touched the ball in the NFL, he just felt like, okay, I'm done. You know, I, I, I did it. I did it. I made it. I made it, and um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool that he did that, and now to be in coaching, and he has such an a, amazing backstory, right? Uh, and and he can relate to kids, and and uh, I'm I'm just uh, I, I'm so happy for him the way his life turned out, and it's not a testament to his physical ability; it's a testament, Jay, to his character his character and uh this this is a story that has a happy ending boy it does it's, it's, um, he got there in 2020 i guess uh, right around when the pandemic hits so that kind of hurt but um uh, coach losi is uh, the, the the coach there at uh the lewis and clark high school said that uh, Lattimore um and his wife had, they had actually planned to move to france in march of 2020 at a cottage to rent in the countryside, sold their home at Columbia, their car, most of their possessions. In fact, but when COVID uh, scuttled that, that plan, they rerouted to Portland, a city they had visited once before 
but seemed like a good place as any for a fresh start, which really was uh, where they were, uh, what, what they were after, excuse me. Lattimore Research Football Programs in the area stumbled upon Lewis and Clark, reached out to Losey or Lockie, I, get, I think it's Losey, L-O-C-E-Y, out of the blue with little, um, you know, preamble and even less pomp. They said, uh, this writer writes, uh, the coach arrived to uh, his computer to find an email uh, as Coach Losey and said, uh, Coach Losey, this is Marcus Lattimore. I'm interested in working with the football program. I'm going, is this Lattimore, like South Carolina's Lattimore? Losey says he didn't identify himself. Losey didn't have an uh, opening on the staff, at least one at the, uh, that paid, but because of the salary position was not a deal breaker for Lattimore, they uh, hashed a plan. Lattimore would join their ranks to focus on player development and especially freshmen. He would meet one-on-one with the newcomers and to work on their schedules. They uh, inevitably stumbled through freshman road bumps. He would talk to them about uh, taboo topics like feelings of masculinity. He would help foster relationships and time and internships for athletes exploring career opportunities. He would offer himself as an open book, talking through uh, one player's imposter syndrome by explaining his own, even at his peak, even his most revered. He confessed, I just uh, could not wrap my head around what people were seeing. Uh, so he goes on and, you know, he's through even throughout his career, he's, he's talked a lot about his faith. He went through and, and part of this story he talks about how he got really involved in alcohol and other things that uh, he said that he had not been involved in before, but really felt lost and uh, now feels back at home. Lars and a, and a great story for a great player from South Carolina uh, that he's back home coaching and being around and being able to impact these young kids. Yeah, gosh, and you remember how just what a special player he was. Um, just in his in his uh, second game uh, in 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 college football uh, against Georgia, by statistically he broke forty two tackles on thirty seven carries for one hundred eighty two yards and two touchdowns, uh, and then on October ninth, twenty ten, I'm sure Alabama fans remember this date. Uh, Alabama was ranked number one, and uh, Lattimore had 23 carries for 93 yards, two touchdowns, and caught one receiving touchdown from quarterback Steven Garcia. When Garcia played that one game, like uh, Joe Montana, uh, Dan Marino, uh, Johnny Unitas, wrapped in one. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it was just... Uh, and I don't know if you remember the play where he suffered the the knee injury, but it was uh, it was bad. It was really bad. He he, he shredded every single uh, ligament, and uh, it was just one of those uh, just freak injuries where um, he just he, he he couldn't come back and be the same player. You know, and just speaking of that really quick, Jay Saquon Barkley. Right of the New York Giants, who I think was second overall pick out of Penn State. What a great player he was at Penn State. He shreds his knee, I think, in his second year in the NFL. And uh, last year, he was just sort of an average running back. And now he's having an MVP type of season. And that what that sort of reveals, I think, is if you have a major knee injury, and especially if you're a running back or wide receiver, it takes about 18 to 22 months, I think, to really fully recover. Yeah, and, uh, and I'd say at the end of the story, it's kind of interesting. He talks about that. He said, I can handle living anywhere now, even uh, the home he had to leave. He said he'll pack up. Uh, he'll pack up these different parts of him, the, uh, the piece he has found in Portland, his writing, his self-reflection, but also 
the uh, Black Hall of Fame jacket. He once uh, wanted to rip off the one from South Carolina's Hall of Fame, that is, that now lives in the corner of his closet because that's part of his, his story, too. Yes, he can see it, she writes. Uh, it is a, it's a vision, he says. I know that there will be an opportunity where I can lead something for the better, uh, betterment of the community in South Carolina. I'll have that opportunity one day, and that's when I'll go back. That's home. That's roots. So uh, finding himself out in Oregon on the West Coast, and hopefully I think South Carolinians would love to have love him it. back large at some point in time. This is a movie. Uh, actually, I, I should contact him, see if he wants to do a book, although he's probably already done a book. But uh, a, a great story. Uh, he's been through so much, and uh, he's coming out on the other side of it uh, in a very positive way. All right, stay with us on the other side of this break. We'll come back and finish up our number two on this Thursday edition by week for the Crimson Tide. AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Coming up, Coming up on the game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Thursday edition of the game, we're going to take a look at Alabama's defense through eight games with some great guest analysis. We'll take your phone calls starting at 2 right here on the game on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. Reading Allies is a literacy program that helps below-grade-level readers rise to grade-level standards through Tuscaloosa weather. A beautiful fall afternoon with a sunny sky, Tuscaloosa's high 75. Fair tonight, the low 54. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 76. Saturday, becoming mostly cloudy, a chance of rain by afternoon, the high 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. All right, welcome back in. We only got a couple minutes here to the top of the hour. And uh, Lars, I had a couple questions. Real quick before we go there, I want to ask you this. I meant to ask you this yesterday. Uh, but I saw with the Buffalo Bills, they got a new stadium proposal on the plate. I think theirs is around $1.5 billion. Uh, I saw where... Nashville is looking to uh, create into the Titans uh, stadium. I could be ready by 2025, 2026 at uh, $2.1 billion. Uh, amazing. These NFL teams that are, you know, really uh, in the Buffalo, I think it's the fourth oldest stadium that's still there. Uh, the Titans got theirs back in what? 99. I think it was 98, 99, somewhere in there. Um, when they moved over uh, to, uh, uh, to, to uh, Nashville, uh, the man, the, uh, the proposal is going to be right next to the Titan stadium. Now, in the parking lots where they're going to build it. And they're going to put a bunch of restaurants and, uh, you know, a multi-use uh, type of uh, facilities of uh, hotels and boutique hotels and all types of shopping and also affordable living. Um, pretty amazing. What's there, but they've already got it approved. So now the construction, all that gets going underway. And it's going to be an indoor stadium here in Nashville with the ability to have, I think, 60,000 and maybe a little bit more capacity for concerts with people on the field. Uh, but really going to be an unbelievable, they're saying you know, maybe one of the best venues in America. No, I think that's great because uh, when I went to a game there last year, the, the Bengals-Titans playoff game, I had to walk like freaking a mile and a half over that bridge over the Tennessee River to uh, mm-hmm. get to the stadium because I had to park on the other side. 
But yeah, I, I think they're following the model of what happened with Gillette Stadium and how there is hotels uh, and uh, shopping and and movie theaters and uh, I, I think that's great. Jay, would you rather play in a dome in December? Then let's say we're south of the Mason Dixon line, a dome or outside? I always loved outside. I, I like the elements, but you know, but with a dome and especially in the NFL, I mean, you, you you don't have to worry about the hot summer uh, moments when you are early, you know, September games, uh, or the uh, you know whether about wind or rain or any of that kind of stuff. So I, I get it, and also because it would, it would be a multi uh, kind of event facility. All right, we got to get to the top of the hour. Large thank you, thanks to Josh Smith, our producer of all things, Hardy, and all the guys, and Jonathan there at Tide One Hundred Point Nine FM. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow for the Friday edition of the Jay Barker Show. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. 